Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we come before you this morning with reverent honor. But Lord God, we also have a desire to intimately know you. And Lord God, like I prayed earlier this morning, that that is your will and that is that is doable in your your economy. So so this morning as we bow down to you, to your majesty, as we fall before you, as we lift our worship to you, in spirit and in truth, with a reverent heart, Lord God, we know that you want to know us intimately. So we desire to meet you this morning in a personal way. God, that is amazing. That is amazing that you love us in such a way and desire us to have that kind of relationship with you. Help us to never swing too far to one side or another, but but to meet you in the middle, and that's where you desire us to be. So, Father, be honored today and be with us today. Jesus, guide us, show us. Jesus, speak to us as we explore your word. Lord God, whatever you have for us this morning, Lord God, help us to yield to the Holy Spirit and open ourselves up to that. Lord God, help us to silence the noise and the busyness that's so easily brought in to this sanctuary with us. Lord God, if it's our burdens, help us to lay those down and leave them. Lord God, if it's questions, help us to listen for the answers. Lord God, if it's an intimate touch that we need from you today, if it's healing, whatever it may be, Lord God, we have an expectancy that we will encounter you this morning in an amazing way. So Jesus, be glorified in every word that is sung here today, every word that is spoken here today. As we exalt you, let us also edify each other. And Lord God, let us just get consumed with you that outside of these walls, we can't not speak about you. Jesus, we love you, we thank you, and we pray this in your name. And everyone shout it out. Amen. Yeah, you guys can be seated. Actually, the kids can't be seated. The kids can be dismissed, but we will be having communion at the end, so... Um, We'll want the kids back up, take communion with their families and everything. I need somebody to help me in here to remember to get the kids because if you guys know me, I get going. I get started and then everything goes out one side of my brain and, and I'll forget to do that. So please, somebody, take it upon yourself to, to snag the kids. Um, thank you guys for being here this morning. 
The snow hasn't come yet, but there's supposed to be snow. Funny thing, it snows in Montana. But it's good. We're, we're glad that you're here this morning. A couple quick announcements. We are still doing the baby bottles for options. Um, I separated them. Empty bottles on this side, full bottles on this side. So maybe next week, if we could try to get all the bottles back next week, that would be great. But don't, don't hesitate taking some more bottles this morning if you want to want to get those filled. And even if you have bottles and you're not going to be here next week, go ahead and bring them in or you can drop them off directly at Options, which is kind of what it's... I, I base everything on where the fly shop is, so it's just down the road from the fly shop, kind of behind Bob Ward's and, and all that. But um, if you want, bring them in. We will get them there. And then next Sunday, next Sunday is going to be a great Sunday. We're going to have baptisms here next Sunday and there's there's quite a there's several that are that are wanting to be baptized if if that's something that that you're thinking about if that's something that it's like ooh, I've 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 always wanted to be baptized or I don't really even know much about baptism grab me after the service um, before the service next week it's it's next week's message will, will pertain to, to baptism. But, you know, it's something that, that God desires us to do, and it's really just, it's us outwardly expressing what God is doing within our lives. And we do that in, in a public way, right? It's a public display, and it's a beautiful thing. So if you're thinking about baptism, come on in. The water will be good. Next Sunday when you enter, it might smell a little bit like a swimming pool, but that's a good smell, right? It'll be clean. And it'll be mostly warm if Levi hooks the heater up right. I'm putting that all on him. Because he'll actually be doing the dunking, probably. Because I still have a weird arm. But if you're thinking about it, grab me and we'll get you all set up. So that's next Sunday. And then the Sunday following that is last Sunday of the month. So we have our last Sunday's potluck followed by the annual business meeting. So it'll be just a full day. We'll do regular service here um then we'll go downstairs and do potluck in our brand new kitchen right so we'll kind of show it off a little bit it's it's been awesome and then after that we'll come up here for our annual business meeting which it typically that it doesn't usually take more than six hours to to get through our annual business meetings right bruce we've we've streamed it down to six hours no it's it's relatively fast we we you know we we do the financial financial stuff there there's two seats that 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 are uh, needing filled for for the deacon board and and we just kind of roll with it and all that but uh yeah it's our business meetings are usually pretty good Usually there's not too many arguments or anything now. We don't ever have arguments. But So that's next Sunday. And then this morning, some of you have already received it, and, and some of you um, maybe haven't yet, but the Right Now Media is now live. So um, our church now has access to over 20,000 videos for kids, youth, and adults. And, and you can get there by rightnowmedia.org. But in your emails you should have or will be receiving an access code. So if we have your email on file and you are, you know, you attend here somewhat regularly, you will get that code and you'll be able to get on it. Please get on there and just mess around at first, right? Just go through and check things out and be like, hey, I have questions about this. You can do that search and 
and different videos or different teachings are going to come up. It's a, it's a, it's a great tool to use. Um, and it's something that we want to use, obviously. So um, you know, the, the church felt it important to invest in this, to pass it on to, to you guys. And, and uh, you know, sometimes life is busy and you can't get here for a Wednesday night or, or, or a men's ministry or a women's ministry or anything like that. But maybe you have downtime. Maybe you're supposed to be working, but you're looking at cat videos instead. Instead of cat videos, you can log on here and watch a sermon about a cat. I don't know if that exists, but it might. But please use it. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be wanting your feedback on all this, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep throwing this in front of you. Lastly, we have 40 Days for Life. Um, Amy has the clipboard. She will pass out. What's the date on the, the top of that? It's the 20th, right? So the 20th is our day. Um, sign up for an hour. Um, and then we just go down, we, we pray around um, Planned Parenthood, right? And there's, it's chalked out, there's paint. We can't go on their property. And, you know, even a couple years ago, I'm not the best with rules. I'm just not. And, and a couple of years ago, it would be like, oh, I can't do that. I'm going to step over and pray and things like that. Well, things have changed. Things have gotten a lot more tense. Um, so please definitely obey that because they're looking for a reason to call the police. They don't want people praying out there because when people pray out there, the amount of abortions actually goes down. And they, that's bad for their business. Great for our business, kingdom business, but it's bad for theirs. Um, so obey those things. Um, in the last, well, especially the last time that, that we, we, uh, we did this, there was some hostility by drivers driving by, um, swerving and yelling and, and things like that. So I guess what I'm saying is, is if you sign up, don't be fearful, but be prayed up before you go. Before you, before you go there to, to, to begin to pray for, for uh, God's will in, in, in these, these young ladies' lives and, and God's will for Planned Parenthood here in, in our town, be prayed up, um, be vigilant. Um, it's, it's not a time to, to put blinders on. Um, we pray, but we're aware. We have situational awareness because we want, we want to be safe, but, but know that this is a battle that is raging. It's intensifying. It's polarizing. And uh, the last thing we want is to have um, any type of, of violent encounter or accidents or, or, or anything like that. If, if for some reason you're praying and, and, you, and you do get arrested, God forbid, make sure you have my number. I'll be happy to come down and, and tell him, yeah, you keep him. But his wife... You let her out and, and all that. No, just be aware and, and everything. But we're not going to let fear or intimidation keep us from seeking what God is asking us to do. Amen? All right. Four ways to give. Always four ways to give. Um, give online. Great way. You can do that through our app. Um, and people love that text. You can text it. Giving boxes are quite popular here, and, and we can mail it um, Mail it here to the office always are great because it's the heart behind giving, right? That's the most important is where is our heart in, in our giving and, and what are we surrendering in order to follow 
follow Christ in a way that we trust Him with everything, including our, our finances. That's, that's worship. When we trust God with everything, that is a form of worship. So, so that's awesome. I think, did I forget anything? I don't think so. So let's get started. You guys ready to get started? I'm so excited about this message because, you know, sometimes God will just speak to me in a certain way and it's just so neat. And, and, and initially it was like, okay, God, you, you want me to, to like do a whole service on the Bible? And, it's, and, and we can second-guess ourselves, I can, and say, you know what, But we're a, we're a Bible-believing church. We preach out of the Bible every Sunday, right? So it's not this obscure thing that we're going to introduce the Bible into this church. So I was like, okay, God, if you want me to preach about the Bible, I'll preach about the Bible. And, and then he began to lead me. I find that when, when I open myself to him, he'll ask me a question. I have an option to answer this way or that way. If I answer one way, it shuts everything down. If I answer a different way, it, it opens a dialogue up with God and, and uh, we begin to, 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 I guess I begin to see things more in, in the light of who he is and what he wants. And, and that's not just for messages, that's for decisions, that's for everyday life. So I allowed that and we came up with, with a message today that, that I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, to present. Let's pray before we even get started on that. Father, once again... Great to be here. Love it. We love to be in your presence. We love to be with your body. Great to be around fellow believers with the same belief, the faith, focus. So Lord God, bless this time that we are together here. Holy Spirit, allow me to speak what you have for me to speak. Shut my mouth with everything else. We want to be completely reliant on you, Holy Spirit, chasing after you doing what you ask us to do. And this is just one more example of that. Once again, I'm going to pray, Holy Spirit, that you don't let anybody leave here the same way that they came in. I believe you have something, at least one thing for each one of us this morning. I believe you want to challenge each one of us this morning in one way or another. Lord God, I even believe that you probably want to convict each one of us in here some way or some shape in that beautiful, wonderful, loving conviction that causes us to not to stay where we are, but to step a little bit closer to you. Lord God, we welcome that. We're not, we're not afraid of that because you are a good, good Father. We pray this in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, King Jesus, and everyone once again shout it out. Amen. Well, if you guys were here last week, um, I hope you left last week and, and really thought about that message. I hope you pondered that message. I hope you prayed about what we talked about last week. And, and if you happen to have not been here and you, if you missed last week's message, um, it was entitled, Lie to Me. And it's really all the lies that are permeated out there, um, the lies of the devil, but, but not just that, the lies of mankind and how we can fall into that and actually desire to be lied to because it makes us feel better. If you miss that, I would highly suggest that you take the time to listen. You can find it on Facebook and YouTube, our website, our app, um, any of those things. If, if you happen to need a CD of that, um, member CDs? 
You can do a CD. Uh, we, we're not going to do a cassette, but we will do an 8-track if you have an 8-track player. Um, I think we could bend because, man, I would respect anybody in here that has an 8-track player. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Messages like the one last week, um, they're not always the easiest to, to listen to. However, because of God's grace and love, they are the ones that, that can move us in, in the direction of Christ. And, and I'll be honest with you, for me as a, as a pastor, I, I never want to simply present a message or, or just get through a Sunday, right? Oh, it's, it's just part of Sunday. The pastor gets up and he talks about something and he doesn't know what he's talking about half the time. And I, I never want that. I want to, to uh, truly be a part of what God is doing in this church as well as in your lives. So, so that's why I pray about these messages. I, I spend time in his word and his presence and I, and I Try to put a message together that, that you can actually grab hold of and, and take hold of. So please understand my heart, but please also um, align yourself, situate yourself so you can accept what is being said. And uh, I guess my greatest desire is to be tuned into the Holy Spirit and to follow His leading. And I hope that comes across on a Sunday morning. Um, like I said, this morning is about... The Bible, it's about the Word, right? We call our Bibles the Word, right? We call them Bible, Scripture, Holy Text. But we also call it the Word. And I, and, and I love calling my Bible the Word. We can also call it the Sword, right? Which is cool too. But there's something about calling it the Word. Now obviously this is a Bible-believing church. And, and it's a Bible-preaching church. So like I said, every Sunday... Every Sunday that you come in here, the message will be founded on the Word. And that doesn't, doesn't matter if, if I'm doing an exegetical teaching or a topical teaching like today. It will be founded on the Word. So when I say that today is about the Word, I really believe it's about the Holy Spirit leading us back to the Word. And what I mean there is that He wants us to discover or rediscover the power and the beauty and the completeness of the living word as well as why scripture itself is is vital for a healthy solid foundational faith isn't that what we all want we want a healthy faith we want a solid faith we want a foundational faith we don't want a shaky faith where the answers keep changing and, and the, the sand keeps shifting See, I believe the Bible contains all, all the truly important, the, the, all the answers to the truly important questions we face in life. So let's take a look at the Word of God and, and see where we are in regards to our relationship to the Bible, to the Word of God. In your Bibles, you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 1, verse 1. Check this out. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God Himself. This right here is a monumental verse in Scripture. This is such an important 
verse in Scripture. This is a, a statement verse in Scripture. See, John presents Jesus as the personal Word of God. It also establishes the triune nature of God and affirms the eternal nature of Jesus. So, not only was it Jesus that physically spoke all creation into existence, the Bible itself contains the Word of God. Let's, let's get the full version here. John 1 1, we're gonna just we're gonna rock it through. Flip flip that slide. In the beginning, before all time, was the word Christ, and the word was with God, and the word was God Himself. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him, and without him, not even one thing was made that has come into being. In him was life and the power to bestow life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it or overpower it or appropriate it or absorb it and is unreceptive to it. Here we see really three main characteristics of, of Jesus, the Word. It's the Word's relation to the Father. It's the Word's relation to the world, and it's the Word's relation to mankind. So we, we got it all going. It, it's, okay, here's who Jesus is to the Father. Here's who Jesus is to the world as in creation and, and, and the sustaining of the world. And here's Jesus' relationship to us, mankind. And this helps us to understand and treat the Bible as it is. It, uh, we, we treat it on a deeper level when we gain a deeper understanding, right? See, the Bible is not just another book. Though it may be on your bookshelf, it doesn't associate with all those books. See, all those other books were written by man. The Bible is something very different. See, the Bible is the inspired Word of God Himself. Spoken by Jesus and activated by the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you in here might be, might be under your breath asking the question, I thought, I thought there was a bunch of uh, different authors in the Bible. I thought there was a bunch of different people who wrote the Bible. And that is a, that is a, that's a great question. That's a, that's a good, awesome question to be asking. If you've got pen and paper, if you've got your Bible, if you've got your phone, get it out. I want everybody to write this down in your Bible, on your bulletin, or in your phone. Write, write this down. Flip, flip, flip that. Write this down. The Scriptures, both the Old and New Testament, are verbally inspired by God and are the revelation of God to man, the infallible, authoritative rule of faith and conduct. I'll give you just a second to write that down. Everybody's handwriting. Some of you are writing in cursive. Some of you all caps. Some of you it looks like a doctor wrote it. Some of you guys are typing, typing it in the phone, right? Everybody got that? Not yet. Okay, well, well wait, I got all day. I mean, I, I got all day. We even got refreshments later. Just kidding. Got it now? Are we close? Not yet? Yeah? 
Glenn's back there, and, and he's got his right arms in a sling, and he's already done. <laughs> Shorthand. Ah. <laughs> All right, we close? Oh, Jen's taking a picture. Now that's smart. Okay, show me. Show me. What do you got? Show, just lift it up. I don't care if it's your phone. If, oh, we got lots of phones. You know, I think that's an age thing, phones. Oh, Amy wrote it out. Did you use cursive, Amy? Sort of. All right. Okay, here's the question. You just wrote that down. Here's the question. Who just wrote that, and whose words were they? Of course, you wrote it, but it was the words that I told you to write. And that's simply what the Bible is, isn't it? It is a selected and, and chosen people that were inspired by God through the Holy Spirit to write down what God wanted to say to mankind. So yes, the, the Bible was written by all these different people, all these different authors, but it was the inspired Word of God. They were told what to write. Some of them wrote it in cursive and some on their phone and some in all capital. Their personality was in that, but it was God's words. It's His ultimate plan for the redemption of mankind through Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible is, as well as so much more. The Bible is the living Word, meaning it contains the heartbeat of God and His love for each one of us. The Bible is active, meaning it testifies to who Jesus Christ is, what He has done, and what He can do, cosmically as well as personally in your life. The Bible is alive, meaning it speaks to us. It teaches us. It, it contains the answers that we need. The Bible is reliable because it not only contains God's truth, it is God's truth. That is absolutely, certainly, and clearly what the Bible is according to God as declared by Scripture as well as the Holy Spirit. So the question we must ask ourselves today this wonderful morning is simply this. What does the Bible, what is the Bible to me? What is the Bible to me? Is it simply a book? Is it a historical account that also contains some, some poetry and, and some good stories? Because it does all of those things. Is it written, is it writings that are, are morally sound and are our principles to, to live by, at, at least sometimes, most of the time? Is it a smorgasbord that we can pick and choose from in order to feel better about ourselves? See, depending on how you see the Bible and depending upon what you believe the Bible to be will influence your faith and dependency upon God's Word. Something that is vital and important that we must understand. What the Bible means to others is irrelevant to my salvation and relationship with Christ. See, far too many people, they care way too much about what other people think about the Bible. The arguments that other people, and, and they suck you right in. Now, Mom, I'm going to argue the Bible about you, and, and I got to, and we're going to debate the Bible, but, but reality is... is 
what the Bible means to those other people is really irrelevant to your relationship, your faith, your salvation with Christ. Look at Hebrews 4.2. For indeed we have had the good news of salvation preached to us, just as the Israelites also, when the good news of the promised land came to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not united with faith in God by those who heard. See, the point here is that even the message of Christ and God's promise will be of no benefit or effect to a person if they do not receive the word and then respond to it. Right? You can, you can read Scripture to certain people over and over and over, and as we know, God's Word won't return void. They can choose to be closed off. And you can speak those exact same Scriptures and verses to somebody else who is not closed off, and you see a life transformation right before your eyes. It's how we choose to receive. It's how we choose to look at the Bible. It's what the Bible means to us. Flip back a, a few books, back to Matthew 13. I, I love this parable. It's one of the, maybe one of the first parables I, I ever really heard, and, and it just, it's always held a, a great place in my heart. Um, it's powerful. Let's look at, look at Matthew 13, 3 through 8. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them out. Other seed fell on good soil and produced grain some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. See, parables are great to help us visualize a biblical truth. Don't we love parables? And we speak in parables all the time. We'll say things like, oh, it was kind of like, when, when I fell in love, it was kind of like. When I went to my new job and met all my co-workers, it was kind of like. Those kind of like parables, right? And Jesus is, is speaking this way too. So we, we read this parable, and, and if we're new Christians, we can read this parable and be like, okay, I, I don't quite know what's going on. And that's, a, that's what his apostles did. They were like, Jesus, you're talking in parables we're not quite understanding. So we drop down to verse 18 and get the explanation of what was going on. It says this, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while and then tribulations or persecutions arise on account of the world. Immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it 
proves unfaithful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields it in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. How many of you have ever heard this parable as well as the explanation before? Most of us, huh? Great, great passage. Well, let me ask you this. How many times have you used this to evaluate where you are? Because we go through different seasons in relation to how we pursue, believe, and implement the word into our lives. Do you ever think about using this as an evaluation tool within your own life? See, we need to understand no matter where we are in our life, no matter where we are in our faith, we have to understand that the seed always has potential. The seed always has potential. Remember, God was, he has established that the word is powerful. It is alive and it is useful. Look at 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out, right? It's breathed out because it's the word. It's Jesus. It's, it's breathed out. It's, it's projected. It's not, it's not thinking about it. It's not in a whisper. It's, it's spoken. It's, it's said. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And let's not forget Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, the discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Amen. So the word, the word, Jesus is the word. The Bible is the word. The word, the seed, is good. The seed is always good. And because the seed is good, the seed has great potential. So why doesn't all the seed reach its full potential? Because it is dependent upon some other conditions such as soil, water, sun, shade, and temperature. The words of Jesus are the seed, but in so many different ways, we actually control the other conditions. So back to our question. What is the Bible to me? Maybe we need to ask another question to go along with that. Is the concept of being saved enough? Because we seem to, to live in a day and age where we want enough. Oh, is that enough? Was it enough to just come to church once a month? Was it enough just to pray quickly before my meal? Was it enough to, to, to have a Bible app that throws me one little verse of the Bible a day? Is that enough? Is that, is that enough? I just, I kind of want that fire insurance. I want, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. What do I have to do to get to heaven? What's enough to get to heaven? So, so is the concept of being saved enough? Now before anybody takes their shoe off and throws it at me, let, let me explain. 
what I said is, is the concept of being saved enough? Not the reality of being saved. See, a concept is abstract. It's generic. It's a generic idea generalized from a particular instance or instances. The Bible is anything but abstract. And it's far from a generic idea generalized by particular instances. Can I have my water? Thanks. So we process all that. The Bible isn't generic. It's it's uh, very specific. It's not abstract. Very precise. And we come and we say, so pastor, you're telling me that Salvation moves from a concept to a reality through the deliverance and belief in the Bible? Focus in real close and listen. Let's think about it. The Bible is the Word. The Word, according to John 1.1, is Jesus Christ Himself. Salvation only comes through Jesus. Therefore, Jesus... He cannot separate from himself. So real salvation is found in Christ as testified by and through the Word, the Bible, the Holy Scriptures. So how can someone say, well, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I just don't believe in everything that's in the Bible. I don't believe everything the Bible says. How can that be? How can someone who claims to believe in Jesus pick and choose what to believe in His Word? (laughs) It's His Word. He is the Word. How can you claim to believe in the Word Christ while simultaneously denying the Word, the Bible, through your theology or through your actions? Remember, Jesus cannot separate from himself. Once again, back to our question. What is the Bible to me? Believing and trusting the Bible, the Word of God, is a step of faith, isn't it? Believing, truly believing that the Bible is the inspired Word of God and and that the words are alive and and, and these are, these are the, the guidelines of how we are to live. They're the, the testifies to who Jesus is. Not only the eternal Jesus, Jesus of the Old Testament that was, they were looking for, Jesus of the New Testament that came as a baby, lived as a man, died as a Savior, rose as a Redeemer, ascended back to the Father and sent His Holy Spirit, who is returning again. All of these things. Revelation. That's a crazy book of the Bible. But it's true. And it's a step of faith to actually believe that it is true. See, faith must come before logic. must come before belief. And it must come before acceptance when it comes to God. It's because God deals with our hearts first in order to then deal with our brains and our intellect. Thank God for that one. Look at Romans 15.4. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through endurance, 
and the encouragement of the Scriptures, the Word of God, we might have hope and overflowing with confidence in His promises. When we genuinely ask ourselves in the presence of the Holy Spirit, what is the Bible to me? The answer has the potential to open up some other questions in our life. Questions like, what do I get out of the Word? What do I get from the Word? When I read the Word, what, what, what jumps out? What comes through? What speaks to me? We should be asking that question because it's a man I get through it, but nothing really happens. Got to evaluate that. Got to ask yourself, does Scripture draw me closer to Christ or does it push me further away? What do I get out of church? It's a great question, right? What do I get out of church? How does God's truth and love affect me and how I treat those around me? See, to answer... To answer these questions, the answers to all of these questions start with, you guessed it, what is the Bible to me? Now just to be crystal clear here, I am not attempting to elevate or isolate the Bible and its importance. Right? What I am saying is that the Bible is the inspired Word of God and testifies to who Jesus Christ is, the Son of God, the necessity of salvation found only in Jesus Christ, the reconciliation of man to the Father, and you cannot separate God from the Bible, and you cannot separate the Bible from God. It all goes together. What does that lead us to? Where does that bring us? Well... The Bible is living, so don't listen and read it with dead ears. we got to participate in this, don't we? We have to. Remember, people can preach the Word to us. They can expose the Word for us, but if our heart is closed off, which, by the way, Jesus always gives us that choice because the Father built free will into our life. So with every choice, we have a choice to refuse or a choice to accept. We have the choice to listen with our heart, opening up our, our spirit to the Holy Spirit and receiving what the Word is instructing. Or we have the choice to read the Bible with dead ears. So rely on the Bible and place it in a position where everything else you hear and read is submissive to Scripture. Did you know that? Everything you hear, everything that you read, including absolutely anything that I say from this pulpit, has to be checked and submissive to the Word of God, to the Bible. I don't mind. Check it. If I'm wrong, we'll, we'll fix it. But I don't want to stray from the Bible, and neither should you. So I don't care what bestseller at the Christian bookstore wrote it. I don't care what rock and roll pastor from the latest mega church spoke it. I don't care about any of those things. Those are titles. You pull all that in. You take in all that information and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you filter it through the Word of God, God's Word, the Bible. Isn't that amazing? Back to John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. And He continues to be the Word. 
So here's a, here's a little um, suggestion I love to suggest to people. Before you crack open the Bible, always pray before you read that the Holy Spirit will illuminate the Scriptures. That the Holy Spirit will illuminate that. See, now you're positioning yourself, you're opening up your heart to not have dead ears, but to be receptive of what God wants to speak to you through the Holy Spirit. People say, I just, I just, I'm not hearing God right now. I just can't hear God. I, I've never heard God. Then have you been listening with deaf ears? Read the Scriptures through the inspiration and the illumination of the Holy Spirit and the Word, the Bible, will speak to you far more than anything else. And that's the way He planned it. It's, it's, it's awesome. Again, this is an act of faith. And the results are extraordinary. And this is the relationship with Christ um, that enables us to become a part of, of His ultimate story, right? God's got a plan for us, and he wants, to be, he wants us to be a part of His ultimate story. The Bible plays a big factor in that. Jesus is the Word, and the Word has been given to us. It's been given to us. And we have to ask ourselves, will we actually take nourishment from his word. John 6:35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Right? And we read that and it's like, oh, they got to just hang out with Jesus. And and that was amazing, right? Because they were with Jesus. That makes sense for them, but but what about me? I don't I, I can't just like go to the the, 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 the human form of Jesus, we can't take a walk, we can't sit down for coffee, we can't do any of that. This, this verse can be a little abstract because He's the bread of life and, and whoever comes to Me shall not hunger and whoever believes in Me shall not thirst. But I, I don't feel like I'm speaking with Him and I feel somewhat apart from Him. But, but we go back to John 1.1 1, 1, where John has already established that Jesus is the Word. The Word of God. The Word of God that is contained in the Bible. So the Word of God is the bread, right? The bread that we need to be consuming. The bread that will give us nourishment. And now this morning we are going to partake in the ceremony of, of communion. Um, but communion is much more than just a ceremony because it, it has to be. Do you guys know that the, the Last Supper was the first communion? Sometimes we don't always make that connection. And, and it's like, oh, Jesus was in the upper room and it, and it was this time right before He went to the Garden of Gethsemane and then was arrested and tried and, and crucified and all that. But what, what Jesus was, was instituting was actually he was demonstrating the, the, the first communion. And, and uh, at, at that time, as a, as a Jewish person, growing up as a Jewish person, I mean, it was, it was strict. You were, you were in, in synagogue and, and the rabbi was always teaching. And, and uh, in, in many ways it had become very um, ritualistic, not always in a bad way, but anything that's ritualistic can um, begin to pose a problem. So... so um, 
all this time since since really since Passover, the um, they were doing it the exact same way. Year after year, it was exactly the same. Everybody knew it. They memorized it. They had to memorize it. So it's like, hey, um, it's Passover. We're all going to come together. Jesus is going to say the exact same words we've always heard, right? Growing up, it's the same exact thing. And then, then all of a sudden, Jesus does something completely different. He changes things up. And it was revolutionary. It was crazy. And, and, and maybe his disciples were saying, did, did, doesn't he know the show? Doesn't he know? Doesn't he know what he's supposed to say? And, and Jesus is like, no, you're not understanding. We call it the Last Supper because it was the Last Supper that Jesus had with them before his crucifixion. But it's beautiful because it's the first communion and it causes us to be able to relate and remember all these things that were were going on. Look at what Jesus said to his apostles in Luke 22, 14 and 15. And when the hour came at the, at the upper room, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. With great joy and and, and with this fervent desire, Jesus understands the necessity of his death. He knows that redemption can only come by way of the new covenant. He knows that because he spoke that in the beginning. He knows that redemption can only, um, it's the only way that opens up the, the, the doorway to the fire. It, it tears the veil. Right? It tears it from the Holy of Holy. It's gone because of what Jesus did. And, he, and he's telling his, his, uh, his apostles, I'm about to suffer. They're about to kill me. But I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I go through all of those things. He equates the bread of his body he equates his body to the, to the bread, broken. And then he talks about the wine in, in his blood that's going to be poured out for them. When we participate in communion, what we're doing is we are remembering and acknowledging everything that Jesus has done for us in light of the cross. And we also proclaim the new covenant that is alive in us as we are now representations of God's promise until He comes again. Do you know you're a representation of God's promise? If you are a faithful believer, if you are a faithful follower of Christ, if you are in relationship with Jesus, you're a representation of God's promise until He comes again. By doing this in faith, we affirm, we announce, we, we proclaim that we are in that very relationship with Christ. The Word as our Lord and Savior and with His body, the church. We are a living reflection as to what the Word, Scripture, the Bible attests to. It's living out the the, the continuing story he has for each one of us as we honor and glorify him in our life. So communion, communion is a big deal. 
And that's why Paul warns us to not take communion in an unworthy manner. So it's important to get right with God beforehand. And we do that by inviting Him in. And we do that by allowing the Holy Spirit to search us and to repent of anything we need to repent for. Sin, unforgiveness, a, a lack of faith or trust, a, a lapse in, in, in relationship with Him. I, I, I did communion um, one time and, and uh, I, I had somebody say that, that the way you did communion got me out of my comfort zone. I, I didn't like that. I didn't like it because I, you were asking me to leave. What I found fine to be comfortable, yeah, that's what communion is. It's us getting away from ourselves and, and, and asserting our dependence upon Him. And, and by our human nature, that's uncomfortable. See, we lay down whatever it is at the feet of Jesus. And then communion becomes much more than simply a ceremony. It truly becomes a beautiful time of remembrance with Jesus and a time of looking forward with Jesus and a celebration with Jesus and His body. Amen? Yeah. Worship team, if you guys want to come up, we're going we're gonna to kind of fall back into some, some worship here and, and uh, remember, worship is all about him and and not us and and we're going to do it like like we always say I, I i love having people come up to receive their elements right these are these are elements they're they're just they're really good bread and they're grape juice but it's still just an element it's a symbol when we take communion and here at this church if you were wondering um, if you're new here, if you're visiting here, we, we serve an open communion here. That's, that's the biblical standard, really. You don't have to be a member. You don't, have to, um, you don't have to have been baptized into this church. You don't have to... Man, if you're visiting today, you are welcome to take communion with us. Biblically, the requirement for communion is that you have a relationship with Jesus, Right? So if you have a relationship, we invite you to partake with us. But remember, we don't want to take the communion in an unworthy manner. So if you have something, if you're hanging on to something, it doesn't have to be a big display. Just simply pray before you receive your elements. Jesus, forgive me. Lord, I always pray, Jesus, forgive me. If it's specific, I name those specific things. Or I just simply say, hey, Jesus, just forgive me of all the things that, I, that I've probably done wrong because I always do. And, and also forgive me of the things that you wanted me to do that I haven't because I want to be right with God before I partake in this time of communion. Can we, can we do that? Yes, yes, some of us can do it. I think all of us can do it. So let us just take some time when you are ready, just fall out of your seats and, and come on up. Um, worship while you're in line. Um, love on somebody while you're in line. If you need to speak to somebody, maybe there's a forgiveness issue or just a word of encouragement while you're in line. Take that time to do that. Receive your elements. Go back to your seat. Hold them. And then we're going to come back together. And we're all going to partake as the body of Christ. Amen. All right, take it away, Jim. Who else's voice hurts after singing that song?
Because if your voice doesn't hurt, you're not singing that song correctly. Oh, yeah, get that sand down in there, right? We love it. Levi just said, I wish we could do that every Sunday, right? He wants the gospel stuff. Hey, if you're listening online with us right now, run to your refrigerator, (laughs) grab some juice, grab a flake of bread, whatever. It doesn't have to be... Doesn't have to be grape juice, right? Because we understand these are, are symbolisms. They're not. They're not truly um, the blood and, and, and the body, anything like that. But if you're online and you want to participate with us in communion, bolt to the kitchen, grab it, come on back, and let's participate together. You know, as I, I was thinking about this this uh, this morning and in this communion, and it's. If I had to pick out one verse that was maybe my truly my favorite, and I say that all the time, this is one of my favorite verses, and this is one of my favorite. Well, the whole Bible is a bunch of my favorite verses because, again, it's God. It's His Word. He is the Word. But but if I had to pick one verse, it's, it can also be used great in the communion service. It's one that's probably not hardly ever used for communion. You've heard me speak it sometimes I think man I somehow I tie this verse into every single Sunday and so I'm doing it again this morning it's Galatians 2:20 and it is a beautiful verse but I believe it's a powerful communion verse Galatians 2:20 you guys all know it it says this I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Isn't that that a wonderful verse, period? But isn't that a wonderful verse in, in light of communion and why we're here this morning and why we're gathered as a body to to take and to receive this communion? Well, Paul also wrote this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It's what we use. It's, it's, uh, it's really great instructions and a great reminder regarding communion. He says this, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, when he earnestly sought to, to take that time with his apostles, well then, on that night, he, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. See, that's the church age right there, isn't it? The church age exists between the Lord's death until he comes again. We are living in the church age. Jesus died. We have redemption through the cross, through salvation in him, through a belief and a faith. We make him Lord and Savior of our life that puts us in this church age, and we are looking forward to his return. We're longing for his return. When will that be? Nobody knows. We can speculate, but those speculations are almost always wrong. 
because it's in his timing and his will. But we look forward to that. And as we look forward to that, we have an understanding that that's the end of the church age and everything will then change in a glorious and dramatic way, especially for us believers. If we stop breathing and we step into glory, that's great. If we are raptured, that's great. But as long as we are believers, we will not have to face what is known as the tribulation, the seven-year tribulation. So though we are looking back, we are also looking forward. That's what communion is. So we take our bread and we give thanks. And we remember all of those things that Jesus has done for us. So, so let's do that. I'll lead the prayer, but I want you to personally give thanks to, to Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son. In Jesus, we, we give thanks that you came to this world, that you walked this earth, that, that, that you allowed yourself to be broken for us. And because of you, that breaking, it is made available to us eternity with you, which actually starts as soon as we come into relationship with you. We thank you for your healing power spiritual healing, emotional healing, as well as physical healing. And, and we lift up those in our lives that are desperate for a healing, be it spiritual, emotional, or physical. So Jesus, we give thanks and we, we give honor to you. And we partake with you with this bread. Go ahead and, and take your bread. And Jesus, now we, we take this grape juice, this, this symbol of your blood, which is the new covenant. We thank you so much that we not only live in the new covenant, but we are living examples of the new covenant to those around us. Help us to be an appropriate and powerful example of you in our life with this celebration of the new covenant we do look forward to your return we 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 pray for that return let your kingdom come let your will be done the lord god even though we don't know the exact date we don't need to because we have faith in you and we celebrate that all that we see is passing away for the glory of yourself go ahead and take your with that Jesus we just we just pour ourselves out to you we just honor you we just say we love you so continue to speak into our lives you are the word your word is the Bible help us this week to dig deeper into the Bible listening and following the Holy Spirit as he illuminates your word to us. Jesus, bless your body, bless your church, all the different churches and all the different nations that are meeting together, worshiping you, speaking your word and praising your holy name. Lord God, bless your church as we bless your holy name. We pray this in the name of Jesus. 
And for the last time today, as a body, we all shout it out. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. Remember, baptism service next Sunday. It's going to be great. If you have questions on that, grab me. All going to be awesome. We will see you later. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.